This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about jackfruit. Yes, which is relatively a new thing to me. Uh, me as well. Yeah, I've only recently started seeing it pop up on menus and in like like frozen prepared meals and stuff like that. Yeah, a couple of listeners have requested it. Um, and I I think, I don't know if, if it was like a confluence of it was becoming more popular and that's why people were requesting it or if I just noticed it after people requested it. You know <laughs> uh-huh, what I mean? Sure, sure. But I did, after a couple people wrote in about it, um, I actually bought some because I was like, what is this thing that I've never tried? And (laughs) I mostly associate it with um, like a vegetarian barbecue option. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know you can use it for other things, but that's been my experience with it. And that's how I've seen it. um, Like in, I have seen it in my Publix recently, my local grocery store. (laughs) Uh uh And it's like a barbecue thing that you just heat up. Oh, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's how I tried it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, How did you like it? It was good. It was one of those things where the first bite you were like, whoa, because it, it says pulled pork, but it's like, no. Oh, yeah, that's not. And so the flavor and, and or yeah. texture was probably a little bit different. Right. You just have to accept like it's it's in that maybe vein, <laughs> but you got to appreciate it for what it is, you know? Yeah. And I did like it. I did. Yeah. I don't think I've had it, um, but I'm looking forward to trying it, especially, oh, man, this is it, this 
I, I got to nerd out about the botany part in this one. But uh, let's get, before we get to that, let's get to our question. Yes. Jackfruit. What is it? Well, it is a big fruit. <laughs> yes. Just like a real big fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, botanical classification is Artocarpus heterophyllus. Yes, I think I got that in one. It is the world's largest tree fruit. It can weigh up to 100 pounds or 45 kilos. Cookbook author Andrea Guillen said of the jackfruit, a whole jackfruit is a commitment. They can be the size of a toddler. I found another description calling them big and uncooperative. I love that so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need, like, if you could have reviews of food, I can just imagine the jackfruit's face. Yeah, 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 like a toddler. It's beautiful. Big and uncooperative. <laughs> the trees themselves can reach up to 50 feet or about 15 meters. It takes five to seven years for a tree to bear fruit, but once it does, you can expect around 150 to 200 fruits. This comes out to be— Per year. Per year, yeah. yeah. Three tons of food per year— from one tree. Yeah, and they grow year-round, so very, very productive. Um, and the jackfruit is another example of a fruit produced from a huge cluster of flowers and inflorescence. So, uh, so, so a jackfruit is made up of hundreds or thousands of fruits, little individual fruits all clustered together. They grow like this. So on a jackfruit tree, uh, these oblong spikes grow, and, and they'll break out into thousands of flower buds. Um, there will be male clusters and female clusters. When pollen from a male flower reaches a female flower, the single tiny little female flower will grow a fruit, as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, this happens hundreds or thousands of times on a female cluster to create a jackfruit, all supported by that fibrous spike that the flowers grew on. And not all the female flowers will get pollinated, but that's okay. Those will just remain in the mature jackfruit as a kind of like stringy connective tissue. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Perhaps a hundred or a couple hundred of the fruits in the cluster will develop seeds. And when a jackfruit is mature, it'll be sort of ovular but lumpy and have a sort of greenish leathery skin that appears uh, spiky or pebbled. And that's because you're looking at the butt end of like thousands of tiny fruits. (laughs) Love it. Yep. Um, You may remember inflorescences from our episode on figs. Uh, Jackfruit are in the same family as figs. Uh, The trees also, and jackfruit trees like fig trees, produce a latex-like sap. Mm -hmm. Research into how they pollinate is super fascinating for an admittedly particular definition of the word fascinating. Yes. Um, Just as some figs are pollinated by tiny wasps that carry out their weird life cycles largely inside figs, jackfruit are sometimes pollinated by tiny midges. Can can we go on a short midge aside? Please. <laughs> Please. So, so okay, okay. The the super cool thing about figs is that um is that the the flowery parts are on the inside and hard to access. That's not the case with jackfruit. They're on the outside. It's okay. Um, but okay. So the male inflorescences on a jackfruit tree tend to develop this type of fungus after they create pollen. Um, and this fungus is a thing that midge larvae really like to eat. So the female midges will lay their eggs on male jackfruit flower clusters. But, I mean, if, if that was where the story ended, then no pollination would happen. But uh-huh. jackfruit is tricksy. 
Uh, its male and female flowers smell pretty much the same to midges, so female midges will visit both male and female flower clusters in their search for a good egg-laying spot. Mm. This transfers the pollen from the male to the female flowers. So the jackfruit does know Jack. <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, wind probably also has something to do with it. You can also just, like, straight up, like, take one of the male cones of flowers and kind of, like, brush it on mm-hmm. a female cone of flowers. And it'll do more or less the same thing. But, man, midges and fungus. So good. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the, the mature jackfruit is this big old spiky thing with leathery skin. And if you cut it open, you'll see that thick fibrous core surrounded by um, yellow or green fruit clustered around these big seeds. And you can pull sections or bulbs of fruit out. They, they look sort of like um, like big, colorful, peeled pieces of garlic. Ah, oh, neat. Yeah, yeah. Unripe fruit is often used as a meat substitute uh, in stews, stir-fries, curries, other dishes. Um, and the ripe fruit often shows up in desserts or on its own. When not slathered with barbecue sauce, the flavor is sometimes <laughs> described as similar to juicy fruit. Or tutti frutti, yeah. The gum, yeah. Well, juicy fruit, the gum. Right, sure. Tutti frutti is, what is tutti frutti? An ice cream? I think it's Mostly. a candy. <laughs> At <laughs> oh, any rate. Tutti frutti episode in the future. Yeah, yeah. I know we've talked about it somewhere before. We but have, because the flavor is very... Odd. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. It's usually pretty firm when unripe, one might say meat-like. Like a pulled chicken or pork. But can ripen to have a custard-like texture. It reminds me of durian when I was reading descriptions about it. The jackfruit has an odor as well, although not as pungent. Sure. No, I, I've, I've read it described as uh, sort of musky and onion-like when the fruit is ripe. Mm. Yeah. Musky and onion-like. <laughs> Um, I've heard the the flavor described as a cross between a pineapple and a banana, or or as like a tart pineapple plus bubble gum. Oh, okay. <laughs> I read mango. I read okay. some mangoes. All right, sure. Um, aside from the differences in ripe versus unripe fruits, there are two main varieties of jackfruit that are grown that range from softer and sweeter to crisper and less sweeter. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. And because they are so big, yes. you probably would not go to a market and just buy a whole one, um, especially ripe, because once they're ripe, they go off really fast. Um, vendors will hack off a section for you by weight or you can, uh, like with a machete, or you can buy um, pulled sections of the fruit, uh, fresh or frozen or canned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The name probably comes from the Portuguese word jaca, which most likely was inspired by the southern Indian name for the fruit, chacapayam. In South India, it's known as the poor man's fruit, whereas in North India, uh, jackfruit curry is a popular wedding food, so it's huh. known as the rich man's curry. <laughs> Some estimates say that about 80% of the jackfruit grown in India goes to waste. Um, the Bengal word for the fruit translates to tree mutton or meat which grows on a tree. Huh. Uh-huh. Huh. And it's the national fruit of Bangladesh. Oh. Yeah. Cool. If we look at nutrition, there's um, a lots of potassium, some protein, lots of vitamin B, running you about 95 calories for half a cup. Uh, 
yeah, it's, it's sugary, but also contains fiber and a bit of fat and protein. It'll fill you up in the short term. I wouldn't say it's like super sustaining, but yeah, it's, it's got a lot of vitamins, minerals, other micronutrients, and is definitely less carby and more nutritious than um, staple grains like rice or corn. It is a good source of antioxidants, which under some circumstances can help your body prevent some diseases. Extracts made from jackfruit seeds are being investigated for potential anti-cancer therapies. Studies in animals have shown that jackfruit seeds may help lower LDL cholesterol, that's the bad kind, and raise your HDL or good cholesterol uh, levels in not your specifically, but in <laughs> mammalian bodies. Mm-hmm. Studies in mice and rats are being conducted. Yeah. Like most things, people have ascribed all kinds of medicinal benefits to the jackfruit. My favorite that I found has to be this one out of China, that jackfruit is, quote, useful in overcoming the influence of alcohol on the system. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hangover cure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I also saw the roasted seeds uh, listed as an aphrodisiac. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all everything uh, somewhere. Yep. The pith is believed to induce abortion in some cultures. Huh. And there have been instances of allergic reactions to the latex-like sap. Uh, Yeah. In one case, a patient had a reaction from eating the fruit, although, yeah, like the the whole tree and the skin and like kind of interconnective tissue within the fruit contains this latexy sap. So if you do have a very strong latex allergy, then then maybe maybe avoid the jackfruit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, yeah, researchers think that – it might contain proteins that are similar similar enough to latex that yeah. could have triggered that reaction. Um, preliminary studies, though, have shown that some extracts from the leaves and bark of jackfruit trees may help, again, mammalian bodies control blood glucose levels, um, which could be rad for helping treat diabetes. But bodies are complicated and more research needs to be done. The saver motto. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it does. It does. Numbers-wise, India produces the highest number of jackfruit at 1.4 million tons a year. Bangladesh comes in second with 926 tons. It's also grown in West Africa, northern Australia, and parts of South America. In Brazil, outside of jackfruit plantations, it's considered an invasive species. Apparently, monkeys are really fond of the fruit and will spread the seeds, and it is like a huge problem. Oh. Um, yeah. There has been, by the way, serious research into how invasive jackfruit trees in forests affect the local rat populations. Oh, my goodness. Small mammals are an important part of the ecosystem. True story. True story. On the other hand, in the U.S., there are a dozen, a dozen (laughs) or so jackfruit trees in South Florida, um, sort of curiosities and a few planted at the San Diego Zoo. Before 1888, you could find them growing throughout Hawaii, but nowadays they are fairly rare there. There's one growing in Chicago's Botanic Gardens. Just the one. Just the one. Uh, So there aren't many in the U.S. is the point of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, From 2011 to 2015, sales in the alternative meat market, of which jackfruit is largely a part of, in the U.S. anyway, specifically, uh, rose from 69 million to 109 million. Huh. And yeah, you can eat it in all kinds of ways, uh, stewed in soups, roasted, dried in juices and ice cream. 
You can eat the seeds either boiled, roasted, ground up into a flour. I read of a dessert of boiled seeds and sugar in India. Yeah, you can use that flour to make uh, noodles or whatever you want. Uh, the seeds can also be fermented and then roasted to produce a chocolatey flavor. Bacteria poo. What? Yep. <laughs> um, jackfruit wine. You can make that. That's uh, very popular in India, Vietnamese, and Filipino cuisines. And increasingly more and more popular for vegetarian vegan options, as we've been kind of discussing. Uh-huh. It recently started appearing in grocery stores near me, so that's something. <laughs> and I tried some at a barbecue restaurant, like a, a very popular barbecue restaurant. And I was kind of like, oh. Oh. Huh. Huh. There you go. You're making it. To the big times, jackfruit. <laughs> <laughs> there are hundreds of varieties, or at least of genetic strains, grown around the world. The food industry is looking into extracting starches from the seeds to use in processed foods. And uh, the wood is also nice. It's a it's kind of rich orange-brown, and it's used in furniture and for other woodwork. Yeah. Um, however, in, in spite of all these positives mm-hmm. we're, we're describing, in these parts, jackfruit is still kind of rare. Take this quote from O.W. Barrett, circa 1928. The jacks are such large and interesting fruits and the trees so well behaved that it is difficult to explain the general lack of knowledge concerning them. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into that, the knowledge that we do have <laughs> and the history. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And, well, the history for this one is pretty scarce, got to say. Um, and most of it is quotes about how people didn't like it. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Which I do kind of enjoy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, here, here we go. Yeah. The jackfruit most likely originated in the rainforest in the Western Ghats Mountains of India, where it quickly spread to other parts of Southeast Asia, the Philippines, and Indonesia. It might have been in Malaysia first, but yeah, probably mountain range in India. Probably. For thousands of years, Buddhist monks have used dye derived from the jackfruit tree for their robes. Yeah, you know that um, kind of orange-red color, that like really iconic Mm orange-red color? That's it. Yeah, that's jackfruit. Theophrastus was probably talking about the jackfruit in 300 BCE when he wrote, There is also another tree which is very large and has wonderfully sweet and large fruit. It is used for food by the sages of India who wear no clothes. (laughs) Probably jackfruit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, history. Okay. Yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) But... Skipping all the way ahead to the 16th century, a 16th century Mughal emperor described the fruit as unbelievably ugly and bad tasting. Well, snap. Right? Okay. I like it, though. Again, I like this, like the reviews we could collect for jackfruit. <laughs> You've got two spectrums going on. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Garcia de Orta's 1563 book, Colloquias do Simple a Drogos da India, contained the first recorded use of the Portuguese name Jaca. The Orta was a Portuguese physician, and uh, yeah, the, the book was a treatise, um, perhaps the first in Europe, about the culinary and medicinal plants of India. Much later, botanist Ralph Randall Stewart would suggest that the jackfruit was named for 18th century Scottish botanist William Jack. 
Well, you know, people can say whatever they want. <laughs> I suppose so. Uh, throughout the 1500s, Portugal was colonizing parts of Africa that were important to their trade routes and also parts of the Americas, especially what's now Brazil. They would introduce the jackfruit to these areas, uh, I'm guessing, is a potential staple food. They're like, this is a tree that produces a lot of food. Let's just plant it wherever it'll grow. Yeah. Yeah. Andrique von Reed recorded the Malaya Alam name for jackfruit in the Hortus Malabaricus, a comprehensive encyclopedia about India's western ghats, sometime between 1678 and 1693. In 1782, a French ship on its way to Martinique was captured, and the jackfruit on board was taken instead to Jamaica, where the tree is now common. Huh. Mm-hmm. The tree appeared in Florida somewhere around the 1880s. We know this from an 1887 U.S. Department of Agriculture report describing a single young tree in Orlando. I just love that so much. <laughs> There's a jackfruit tree down in Orlando. Thought we'd include it in this report. (laughs) (laughs) Jackfruit's adoption into the U.S. vegan vegetarian community as the new hip protein happened sometime in 2010, 2011. Yeah, they started to get headlines about, like, it's the new kale. (gasps) What? Sorry, kale. Posthumously mad about this. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Retroactively. There we go. Um, <laughs> I am a ghost. Ghost Annie. You're I've back. got a ghost. I've got a clone. I've got a sleeper agent. All kinds of things. It's the multiverse. <laughs> I'm just a vampire. That's it. But, That's um, so far. It, oh, good point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Getting back to the jackfruit, organizations around the world believe that the jackfruit could fill a space in the food world when it comes to world hunger, but also drought and other natural disasters if they kill off important crops or it becomes more difficult to grow. I think I read there's like 40 main crops that most of the world pretty much lives off of. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's um, really common staple crops. A lot of those grains, uh, corn, rice, stuff like that, um, wheat. Do not do well when high temperatures and droughts happen, but jackfruit trees can totally withstand that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, they like you couldn't move jackfruit trees into cold climates because they can't withstand frost. Mm-hmm. But in terms of in terms of global warming, they do great. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, the the government of India in particular has several initiatives in place to promote jackfruit canning and processing and kind of like a return of better consideration of the jackfruit in the parts of India where it has uh, fallen out of fashion, as we discussed above. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, this, as you can tell from our pretty, like, sparse history section, there just isn't that much on it. And what there is on it is, like, why isn't there more on it? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's this hardy tree that nobody really seems super into eating, um, like, the fruit from. Or rather, uh, no one from Europe has been. It, it's it's definitely a major part of cuisine throughout yeah. Southeast Asia and um and it's it's pretty iconic in, in Brazilian cuisine too. So Yeah, it was interesting to read because like we said at the top, a lot of stuff I read um about about it in India was like it's all going to waste. Why is it going to waste? But then it seems like that's just in certain parts of India and other parts of India are it, totally, totally into yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's also just a lot of, I mean, it is such a big fruit and it, like, once it goes, it goes. Mm-hmm. So I can see that there, you know, especially if there's been 
uh, wavering popularity of it in various areas, I could see how it could quickly turn into a thing that goes to waste. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of what I read about Westerners' reaction to it was that, like, this isn't something we're used to. And just kind of like 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 holding hold like like holding their hands out like a like a cat that isn't really sure that it wants to be held. Um, mm. But uh, <laughs> that's a great visual thing that I don't think that just worked here on air. <laughs> but I'm gonna keep it. You know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like a it's an uncooperative toddler to apparently <laughs> does in the West. Um, but it, it, that is changing, and there seems to be a lot of this more recent stuff. Um, I, like, there was even um, a big conference. I kept reading, like, the jackfruit had a conference about trying to get more people to eat it. Yeah, um, yeah. And and I and I think I hope um, that that as, you know, people's palates continue to develop and as people continue to be uh, more open to trying mm-hmm. more and different things that, yeah, because, I mean, it, it's, it seems great. Yeah. Yeah. I see. You know... <laughs> I still have that um, durian ice cream in oh, my freezer. Oh, it's still there? Yeah. Is it like drilling? Is this this must be deeply upsetting to you. Okay, all right. We'll get that social video. <laughs> yes. We'll get that social video done. I'm so sorry. I had forgotten about no, it. No, every time I open my freezer, I'm like, there it is. <laughs> Waiting. <laughs> Waiting. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. We'll get on it. Yeah, yeah. But I would love um, if listeners wanted to... If, if your experiences with jackfruit. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Please, please write in. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, we do have some listener mail for you. Um, but first, we're going to take one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with <gasps> listener mail. Oh, gotta go big or go home oh, for the jackfruit. I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Neve wrote, I stopped in the grocery store on my way home in Dublin, Ireland this evening after listening to your Cool Mint episode and gave in to chip-related temptation since I hadn't had these in a while. These are locally made small batch kettle chips flavored with actual shamrock. What? I'm not sure what shamrock actually tastes like, but these (laughs) chips are like a sweeter version of mild sour cream and onion chips. They were originally released a few years ago as a limited edition for St. Patrick's Day before becoming part of the regular product line. And she sent pictures, and I love the the front of it is like a cow eating shamrock. Yeah, yeah, because well, it's yeah shamrock and sour cream flavored. Mm-hmm. Um, goodness, huh? Who knew? Yeah, I mean shamrock shamrock chips. Stephen wrote meat. Raisin. And attached is a picture of a very floofy kitten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd say he's not as demonic as he appears, but he eats all unattended human food he comes across. And there's this story. After moving to a new home, my deeply Catholic mother invited a priest over to bless up the place. While the priest was sprinkling holy water in the dining area, Raisin leapt from the back of a chair onto the priest's back, startling the priest and knocking over the chair. He's been my demon kitty ever since. That's so fantastic. It is it is a very floofy kitty and, and the but but the but the, the eyes the eyes are piercing. 
They are very piercing. Yeah. Sees into your soul. <laughs> Demon kitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, again, we'll go back and see if we can get permission to post it this on social. Um, and I, I, maybe I'll actually post the other things on social that I said that I would. It's a, it's a vague possibility, but it might happen. <laughs> vague possibilities. Oh, yep. Yes. Uh, but we have been receiving many excellent pet photos. Oh, yes. So, thank you. Oh, yes, thank keep, you. Keep sending those. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to send those via email, and thanks to those two who emailed us, you too can email us. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on the aforementioned social media. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod. We do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you, as always, to our super producers, Andrew Howard and Dylan Fagan. Thank you to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. 